Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. It's likely that most people are very familiar with this catchphrase that comes from Pascal's Pensees, the heart has its reasons which reason does not know. And there's a lot of misunderstandings of this. The quote gets used out of context quite often to mean something like, well, you know, there's reason, our intellect, our cognitive capacities, and then we've got this emotional side, and that itself has reasons that reason can't make sense of. So we have to prioritize the heart, which is just this this kind of blind emotional, sometimes translations screw this up by using the word intuition as well as this one does. It's actually a very different point that Pascal is making. And it has to do with his notion of there being different faculties, different orders for grasping truth and reality of things, and for getting us human beings on our way to God, to understanding God, to knowing God on the one side, to loving God and orienting ourselves in the right way on the other side. And the heart is deeply involved with the latter, you could say. So the full passage, 277 in the Brunschwig edition, says the heart has reasons or its reasons, which reason does not know. We feel it in a thousand things. I say that the heart naturally loves the universal being and also itself naturally, according as it gives, it makes a gift of itself to them. So done, right? So it naturally loves. Now notice that he says the universal being, right? Rather than just saying God or something like that. And itself, the heart loves itself. It's a way in which the human being has self-love if it chooses to give itself to them. So the heart can hate itself. The heart can hate the universal being because the next thing that he says right after this is that it hardens itself against one or the other, the universal being or itself. Sidursi literally becomes hard or tough towards them by its own choice. Schwa in French, right? So the heart is very closely connected with what we could also call the will. And this is going to be quite an important uh, set of ideas that are going on here. So he tells us you've rejected the one and kept the other. Is it by reason that you love yourself or is it something that's deeper and higher than reason? He goes on and then he'll talk about God being felt or another translation here, experienced, right? And the two words that are being used are coming from this verb that means to feel, right? Senti right here and then sensible. So God is felt by the heart, not by reason. It doesn't mean that reason has no connection with God. It just means that there isn't this deep connection. It's one that's mediated more conceptually. So he says, it's the heart which experiences God 
not the reason. This then is faith. God is felt by the heart, not by the reason. Reason isn't the sort of thing that does feeling, right? So to demand that reason would feel God is kind of a category mistake, right? And he'll go on and talk about faith itself, hua, being a gift of God. He says, do not believe that we said it was a gift of reasoning. Now, a little bit earlier in the work, he's going to talk about this as well in a a way that's quite interesting, right? This is in part 185. He says, the conduct of God who disposes all things kindly is to put religion into the mind by reason and into the heart by grace. So it's not as if reason plays no role whatsoever, right? Reason is important for the mind, l'esprit in in French, right? Which is one of the three orders that Pascal will talk about elsewhere. But God has to put something into the heart by grace, by giving something. And then Pascal gives us a caution to put it into the mind and heart by force and threats is not to put religion there but terror. So, you know, this is a condemnation of some of the things that are going on in his time on the side of both uh, Catholics and, and Protestants. He goes on and he's going to tell us a little bit later that we know truth, not only, this is in section 282, not only by reason, but by the heart. And this is very interesting. He goes on to say, it is in this last way, by the heart that we know first principles. How do we apprehend the things that we need to use in order to reason about the world or about ourselves or about God or about other people or about society or any of these other things? He says, reason has no part in the knowing of first principles and it tries in vain to impugn them. And he goes on to talk about the skeptics, which I'll I'll pass over here. Because what he says, the knowledge of first principles as space, time, motion, number is as sure as any of those which we get from reasoning. And now there's a little bit of a misleading translation here in the English. Reason must trust these intuitions of the heart. Now, Pascal doesn't actually say intuitions of the heart. He actually says knowledges, connaissance of the heart that reason is going to draw upon. So the knowledge of first principles, right? Reason must trust these and must base every argument upon them. And then he goes on, he says, we have this knowledge of the tridimensional nature of space, the infinity of number. And then reason shows there are no two square numbers, one of which is double of the other. Principles, he's going to tell us, are felt. Again, translated here as intuited, but felt is a better way of translating it. Propositions are inferred or concluded. So, Concluant, right? All with certainty, all with certitude, but by different ways or paths. Voix in, in French. So again, Pascal is not, you know, trying to tear down reason or espouse a kind of irrationalism. He's saying that there's something that exceeds reason and reason works best when it is integrated with the heart, not trying to usurp it, you could say. And he goes on after this, and actually both sides have their own legitimate purposes, right? He says, it is as useless and absurd. Now, those are bad things for Pascal, right? And you deal something that is not going to help us out. 
and then logically absurd, something that is crazy, right? He says it, it's useless and absurd for reason to demand from the heart proofs of her first principles. Reason goes beyond its own bounds when it does that and demands something from the heart before it listens to it. But the heart can also screw up as well. He says, it's as, just as absurd as it would be for the heart to demand from reason an intuition of all demonstrated propositions before accepting them. So each of them has their legitimate purposes. Each of them has their legitimate sides. Just so happens that in Pascal's, we could call it anthropology or psychology, the heart is going to be more important than reason. And reason is going to be a little bit uh, more fallible than it realizes itself, right? So he goes on in 283 in a section called order against the objection that scripture has no order. And here he brings up two different orders. He says the heart has its own order. The intellect has its own which is by principle and demonstration. The heart has another. We do not prove that we ought to be loved by enumerating in order the causes of love. That would be ridiculous. That would be silly, foolish. And then he brings up Jesus Christ and St. Paul. He says, Jesus Christ and St. Paul employ the rule of, and it's translated here as love, but the French is actually charité, right? There is an order of charity, an order of love that Pascal thinks is higher than the order of mere mind or esprit or thinking, right? The intellect. Doesn't mean that it contradicts it or negates it. It's just higher and can inform the lower order. So he says that Jesus Christ and St. Paul would warm, not instruct. It's the same with St. Augustine. This order consists chiefly in digressions on each point to indicate the end and keep it always in sight. So that tells us something very important there as well. The heart helps us to keep perspective about what we're actually trying to accomplish. And then he goes on in section 284 and says, do not wonder to see simple people believe without reasoning. They believe on the basis of their heart. God imparts to them love of him and hatred of self. He inclines their heart to believe. Men will never believe without a saving and real faith unless God inclines their heart, a topic that we'll come back to in just a moment. And they will believe as soon as he inclines it. And this is what David knew well when he said, inclina Deus in. Now that's a reference to the Psalms and David being one of the composers of the Psalms saying, incline or turn my heart, O God, towards you, right? So God plays a role in the inclination of the, the heart, right? So let's talk about that a bit because he brings that up earlier in 252, and there's an interesting discussion going on here. He says, we must not misunderstand ourselves. We are as much automatic as intellectual. And hence it comes that the instrument by which conviction is attained is not demonstrated alone. How few things are actually demonstrated. Proofs only convince the mind. Custom is the source of our strongest and most believed proofs. It bends the automaton. The automaton is us, right? Which persuades the mind without it thinking about the matter. Who has demonstrated there will be a tomorrow and that we shall die? And what is more, 
believed. It's custom which persuades us of this. Now, custom shouldn't be equated with the heart, but custom works upon the heart. And so, you know, reason, custom, both of these are ways in which he will conclude this passage close to the end of it says it's not enough to believe only by force of conviction when the automaton is inclined to believe the contrary both our parts must be made to believe the mind by reasons which it is sufficient to have seen once in a lifetime the automaton by custom and by not allowing it to incline to the contrary inclina cormeum deus he says once again right and so both Feeling and reasoning are important in inclining the heart and inclining the heart to what? To whatever it wants? No, to, to God, to a greater grasp on truth and reality. I'll conclude by bringing up something that's coming up in 194, a very long discussion that he has there, where again, he is writing in a way that incorporates the heart to things. He says, let's recognize there's two kinds of people one can call reasonable. Now, is it people who are rational all the time, depending only on rationality? No. The people that are the most reasonable and that deserve to be called reasonable, according to Pascal, are these. Those who serve God with all their heart because they know him. Those who seek him with all their heart because they do not know him. So you could know God, you could not know God. What matters is the comportment of the heart. And notice that he's saying the entire, the whole heart, not half of it, not a sliver of it, not what you get to at the very end of the day after you've been occupying yourself with other things, serving God with all their heart because they know him, loving God, right? Those who seek him with all their heart because they do not know him, they want to. And this brings us back full term to this heart having its reasons. The heart is reasonable. It's just not reasonable only in the way that the faculty of reason is. And it is reasonable in a way that can allow rationality to be placed into a more encompassing and integrated framework for Pascal. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.